In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of that internationally acclaimed OGG and HSE podcast sponsored by KnowledgeVine, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. KnowledgeVine is committed to reducing the frequency and severity of workplace errors by helping organizations leverage technology to easily create a sustainable safety culture. KnowledgeVine, the evolution of human performance. Learn more at KnowledgeVine.com. I'm very excited today to introduce my guest on the show, Jeff Kremel. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Russell. Okay, Jeff. So it says Jeff Kremel, PhD. As my daughter once said about a PhD, we knew she said, you're the kind of doctor that doesn't do anybody any good. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you do do some good because you're the chief strategy officer at Pinnacle. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's right. Okay. And Pinnacle is, and we are heard in over 100 countries. So for those who are listening worldwide, Pinnacle's headquartered in Pasadena, Texas. That's really an extension of or a suburb of Houston. Pinnacle is focused on helping industrial facilities in the oil and gas, also the chemical mining, and I think you're also in wastewater industries as well, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so what Pinnacle does is, well, I'm going to let you tell me what Pinnacle does. How about that? Yeah, that's how to do it. We call ourselves an industrial reliability services company. And so what we do is take data from you know, operators like petroleum refiners or miners or petrochemical operators or water and wastewater treatment plant operators. We use that data to help them build optimized inspection and maintenance and reliability programs. And so it's today there is a slew of tools and techniques that are used in that space. What we do differently is ingest data from across all of these domains and help view industrial reliability at a systems level, at a facility level, and then zoom all the way down into specific pieces of equipment so that we know how to intervene and when and where to intervene and so on and so forth. So we're profoundly data-driven in the way that we pursue industrial reliability. Okay, so the bottom line is your goal is to increase production, try to optimize reliability and maintenance efforts. You also improve process safety and environmental impact, right? That's exactly right. You know, when you avoid spills, leaks, fires, explosions, there are obvious, you know, health and safety advantages that you get from pursuing those sorts of gains. And so a lot of our work is designed to make sure that equipment operates the way it's intended to operate when it's intended to operate. And so, yes, we capture some very important health and safety benefits as a result. And so you guys are, for those who don't know, Pasadena, Texas is where Pasadena and another area next to it, or a couple areas next to it, Baytown, Deer Park. This is the industrial complex of Houston. And so that's where you guys are heavily involved. That's exactly right. Pinnacle got its start largely in the petroleum refining space. And so being in this part of the country makes a lot of sense. We have a lot of proximity to huge industrial facilities, and that's where we do a lot of our most important work. So tell me, I'm running one of these refineries or one of these plants, and I'm particularly interested in trying to keep track of maintenance span and that sort of thing and also improve process safety. You guys come in and what's the process? Yeah, we start off with a discovery engagement of sorts to really understand what has your performance looked like to date. 
And equally importantly, what are your objectives going forward? Like you said, at a very high level, almost everyone is after some sort of throughput uplift. Almost everyone is pursuing some sort of cost optimization, some sort of health and safety gains. And so the more clarity we can get around what the existing performance levels look like across all those areas versus what you aspire to achieve, that really helps us understand the scale of the effort that's involved. Then we really start to understand the nuts and bolts of how do you pursue reliability today? And that is largely, you know, without, you know, cutting to the chase, what we hear a lot, and it makes sense, this is, you know, best practice as it's developed primarily through oil and gas is there is a handful of industry best practices that are pursued more or less in silos, and they're pursued to different degrees inside of different facilities. And they're all important programs. Like they all make a whole lot of sense, whether you have a risk-based inspection program or whether you're, you know, executing a failure modes and effects analysis, or, you know, after you get a failure, if you're pursuing a root cause analysis, there's just, you know, sort of an endless number of tools that exist in this reliability toolbox. And we find that a lot of operators deploy these on an as-needed ad hoc basis. They rely profoundly on the input of subject matter experts, on those folks, on those operators with deep experience in their plant with those specific pieces of equipment. And there's nothing wrong at a high level with that approach. It makes a lot of sense why reliability programs would have evolved to that point. Our argument, what we have seen by collaborating very closely with a lot of different operators across a lot of different industrial sectors, is that there is real power to be had about understanding what data sets exist that we can go capture that will give us much better understanding of the performance of these assets today. And then we can start to analyze these in a holistic way so that we understand how to prioritize what kinds of interventions to make sure that we're optimizing around costs, that we're getting this production uplift that we're pursuing, and that it's all happening in an economically and financially justifiable way. And so this is primarily technology software? It is a combination of a software tool that we have built ourselves. We implement a bunch of third-party software tools if that's what customers choose to do. And we have a service arm. You know, most of our operators, most of our employees internally are members of what we call our services organization. And so we send our folks on site to go. You know, in some cases, we're capturing data. In other cases, we're implementing software systems. We're you know, managing data sets. We're performing analysis. We're you know, help build up some of these inspection maintenance programs. We're facilitating meetings and review sessions with our customers to make sure that everyone on site that's touching these assets that has some sort of stake in the ultimate performance of these assets, that we're all on the same page about what's happening and why and what the next steps look like. So we have a pretty, we can get pretty intimately involved with our customers' operations by having folks on site. And we have our own software tool that we use to harvest more insights out of these data sets than other folks are able to find. And I'm assuming some of this information that you have to have is extremely confidential to the plan or to the facility or whatever, and you're able to make them comfortable about protecting all that? That's exactly right. It's incredibly important that we use you know, as much of the customer's data on that site as possible. They have invested quite a bit of resources to go capture this data. This data is very specific to their asset base. So there's an incredible value in making sure that we're able to analyze that data in a way to extract as much value from it as we can. Where we need to, we can supplement those data sets with industry insights and heuristics and assumptions. We can pull publicly available data from other domains to help plug in gaps, to help pressure test some assumptions that we're making. And so there are ways to supplement a customer's specific, their proprietary data 
with more publicly available information to make sure that we're getting to the right answer. But yes, we know that protecting the integrity of customer data is of utmost concern. So it's something that we pay enormous attention. Okay. So it looks to me like Pinnacle started in 2006. And we talked about how you're heavily involved here in the industrial complex area of Houston, but you guys are actually national and international in scope. Is that right? That is right. We've done work in over 30 countries. We've done projects in South America and Africa and Europe and Middle East and Asia. So we've done projects all over. You know, while we've done the bulk of the work in North America, we have worked you know, pretty much everywhere. So it's one of the advantages that we've had is to have seen as many different you know, asset portfolios as we've seen and to have interacted with as many different experts as we have and seen as many different flavors of reliability programs as we have. We have a pretty good sense of what you know best practices look like and what more optimal engagements around industrial reliability look like and what sort of levers we can pull to make you know, relatively quick improvements in this domain. So it looks like your first international office was in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Is that right? That's right. And so do you have other international offices? We do. It's more that we will send folks on site in other countries. And so we'll work heavily out of a customer's facility, but we do have some small offices in other places. Those offices are mostly meant just to give us proximity to customer sites where the bulk of our work is done. So you've had tremendous growth in the past, shoot, what are we talking about, over 15 years now? That's exactly right. There is a big appetite for finding better ways to pursue industrial reliability. And that's the real interesting thing about this space for folks that have not been involved in this space. The status quo is incredibly sophisticated. Like I said, largely in oil and gas, there's been a huge push over the past few decades to really develop a tool set that can help us get equipment to perform at you know exceptional levels. And while it's great that we have that tool set, the challenge is there are so many tools and it takes so long for any one operation to develop an acumen and a fluency in this collection of tool sets that folks are just being patient, that they know what kinds of reliability gains are out there to be captured. And they're just not willing to wait the 10 to 15 to 20 years that it takes to organically build up to that level of performance using the tool sets that exist today. So Pinnacle's proposition is that we can jump in and help you accelerate that development. We have a very good sense of which data sets are most important, which are most critical to helping us reduce the level of uncertainty that we have about the expectations of future equipment performance. And once we start to capture that data and analyze it, we do have a good sense of what sort of interventions are necessary to quickly ramp up performance levels. So it's a way of getting to you know the best in class outcomes, but to do it in a much faster way and to do it in a way where it's a much more reliable, no pun intended, level of performance. It's easier to sustain that best-in-class reliability performance when you use these modern tools and techniques than it was with trying to build up through you know, the legacy tool sets that exist today. So can you give me an example or give me a case history or study? Yes. For example, we will pull, and a lot of customers were, say, using our new software tool. We will find a specific unit within a facility where you know, the customer knows that there's a real opportunity to go improve the performance of this one unit. And we know that it's the kind of units it's properly scoped in a way where we can go in and get our hands on it, make real tangible progress in, you know, say, a matter of weeks to months, depending on the scale of what we're involved with. And this is a way for us to demonstrate the value of using these new tools and techniques. And so we'll start with an assessment where, again, we understand what the performance levels look like out of any given asset today. We'll look at things like inspection counts, how many inspections are taking place, in which way are these equipment being inspected, how frequently, all the rest. 
we'll get to similar anecdotes around on the maintenance side to understand what sort of maintenance interventions are taking place today, what data sets exist that can help us get a read on current and past plant performance. We'll pull a lot of financial data so that we understand, say we can take work order data so we know, you know what the activity level looks like around doing this kind of work, but then we also marry that with the financial data so that we understand how much money is being spent around that. We can get some event data so that we understand when there is lost production, not only how much production is lost and what's the economic value of that lost production. Once we have all of that data, we have a tool called Newton that we can pull a lot of data into. Newton helps us understand how we would expect a system or unit in this case to perform going forward based on what we know about its performance today and what we know about its performance in the past. And one big advantage is we're not looking at an isolated asset by asset basis. We're pulling all these assets into a system model so we can look at what the performance looks like when all of these assets couple with each other. And when we have the data points that we have over time across all these different pieces of equipment, then we get a sense that the name of the game here is all about uncertainty. What we're trying to do is clamp down on, you know, how uncertain are we about when the next failure will occur, when the next lost production event will occur. And so a lot of it is us building a model where we can then use the data that the customer already has access to, go capture new data where we need to, but not where we just simply want to, but where it makes a big difference, start to clamp down on these uncertainty levels, and then we can get a really good sense of, okay, this is the way, this is what an optimized inspection and maintenance plan looks like going forward that allows us to intervene as little as possible while making sure that we sustain the production levels that we expect to have. And you particularly have expertise in this area as far as oil and gas goes because you're previous experience was with Key Energy Services and also a company that probably nobody's ever heard of, Baker Hughes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. My personal background is in upstream oil and gas. And so in a sense, and I've been at Pinnacle for coming on three years now. So in a sense, I'm a little bit of an outsider because like I said, when Pinnacle started, you know, a lot of the folks that launched it had you know, pretty deep domain expertise inside of petroleum refining. And so when you look across, you know, our portfolio of projects that we've executed, you know, we have directly or indirectly stepped foot in almost every refinery of note in the U.S. and many of them across the world. And so that domain familiarity really helps us get up to speed very quickly there because we've just seen so much around refining. And what's interesting is that that domain expertise, this acumen that we've developed, these reps that we've performed inside of petroleum refining, does translate incredibly nicely into these other industrial sectors. So yes, there are important differences between petroleum refining and petrochemicals or mining. You know, we've even done some operations, you know, we've done some projects in you know, wood product manufacturing and food and beverage. And so once you understand sort of the principles of industrial liability, and once you've had a chance to put your hands on it and to actually work real world problems in the field and to collaborate with reliability and maintenance professionals, with plant managers, with executives, in the field and chart your progress toward real value-added outcomes, then that stuff translates so nicely into other sectors that we've been able to grow and explore new spaces and help these new customers and domains that we haven't played around nearly as much as we have petroleum refining really make meaningful progress toward reliability improvement. So from the outside looking in, it could be a pretty, you know, boring, unsexy domain when you think industrial reliability and you know what must be going on there. It is a fascinating area to explore. And we're finding new and new ways to collaborate with customers in all sorts of different domains to make important progress. Well, and so I can see, as we said when we started out, this can be a tremendous tool for process safety. And not only a tremendous tool for process safety itself, but also in an economical manner. Could almost make the case for the fact that you can pay for yourself almost, huh? That's exactly right. And it's a tool that we rely on profoundly when we engage with customers. It's the notion of a value case. We make sure that when we're proposing work with a customer, 
that we have articulated a complete value case around what we plan to do, why we plan to do it, what it will cost, and what the return on that investment looks like. It's one of the most exciting parts about investor reliability is these sorts of projects, these sorts of efforts can have incredibly quick returns on investment. You can get your return back even in less than a year, depending on what you're working on. And this is not for you know just a one-off, you know, small-scale engagement. You can make sweeping changes and capture meaningful dollars relatively quickly if you have a good sense of what the goal is out there. So we make sure that we're engaging with customers. Every bit of our interaction is all about value, value measured in dollars and cents. Yes, absolutely, the health and the safety components, there's compliance components that are incredibly important. So we make sure those are table stakes items that we would never compromise. So once you check those boxes and make sure those non-negotiables are understood and protected, then we can get into the economics of it. We make sure that our customers are incredibly confident around why we are pursuing what we're pursuing, and they're going to see an economic gain as a result of working with us. So I guess there's a lot of advanced AI in this, right? There can be. There can be advanced AI, but there can also just be you know, uh, relatively straightforward you know, statistical algorithms at play where we don't have to get unnecessarily complicated and sophisticated. It's much more about the hard work is really understanding the nonlinearities that exist when you look across a whole system. When you start to couple different assets together, you can get interesting behaviors that you wouldn't expect to get when you look at assets in isolation. So our hard work is making sure that we're coupling these assets in a way where we get a realistic demonstration of what the system looks like as a whole and how it behaves as a whole so that we can estimate you know, what the performance of that system will look like going forward in time. And then we can have a lot of confidence about what an optimized inspection or maintenance or reliability program looks like on the back end of that. Well, it sounds like you're doing tremendous work here. I'm always excited to have, you know, folks like you come on and introduce to our audience, you know, valuable information like this. Is there anything we've left out? I would just say the health and safety and environment aspects, it's strange in this kind of work that in many senses, they are front and center to what we do. But in many other senses, they can then fade to the background. Because like we've talked about here, there's an interesting technology story to this. There's an interesting data story to this. And we're happy to tell that story. And it's an important part of how you go capture value here. At the same time, it's important to understand, and everyone does, but we have to make sure that we keep it front of mind as we partner with operators in this space. Given all of the modern reliability tools and techniques that exist, and all the expertise that we've had, all the work that we've done over decades, there are still leaks, spills, fires, and explosions in industrial facilities every year. And we know, we all know, that that's not acceptable. We have ways to make sure that we operate safely, that we don't harm anyone when we run these plants the way that we know we can. And it's important for us to understand that challenge is real, it's tangible. When it goes badly, it has tragic consequences. And so while we bring to bear a bunch of interesting techniques and technology and approaches and you know, we find new ways to use data sets and all the rest. That is, it's a fundamental human challenge to make sure that when we do all of the important work that we're doing across these industrial sectors, that we're doing it in a way where we're protecting the health, the safety, the environment around us, because it's, you know, obviously it's critical to living the lives that we all want to live. So like I said, in many ways, that is front and center of what we do. It's, you know, how we start every engagement with customers is talking through those domains because they're critical. I want to make sure whenever we have these kinds of conversations to always circle back to that and close around the fact that, yes, all sorts of cool techniques that we're using. And at the end of the day, it really is built around protecting the health, safety, the environment around all these operations that we partner with. That's music to my ears. <laughs> so, Jeff, let's see. Your website is PinnacleReliability.com. Is that right? Yes, sir. And we'll be sure and put that in the show notes. I guess you're on LinkedIn. I can put your LinkedIn URL in the show notes as well. 
That'd be fantastic. Yeah, to don't hesitate to reach out. I'm super active on LinkedIn. So if you, you know, of course, if you're interested in any of the stuff that we talked about here or energy more broadly, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm easy to get a hold of. All right. Well, thank you again, Jeff. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much, Russell. I had a blast. Well, great. And I hope everybody out there listening did too. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's a review link in the show notes. And please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vine's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting, Knowledge Vine error reduction that works. And you can discover more about Knowledge Vine by finding in the show notes the website link and other contact information. And you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.